welcome back to the Dark Side Live podcast. So tonight we've got a great guest, well, Celine Zara coming on. Um, but before Celine comes on, um, obviously there's a big message out there for everybody. Um, Someone I want to give a big shout out to, it's Sam from Assault Fitness UK. Um, now, if anybody does follow Sam, um, he's currently doing the 4448 challenge. So he's running four miles every four hours, 48 hours uh, to raise money for charity for kids in Africa. And go and give um, Sam, you know, go and give him a, a big follow. Go and give him a big shout out. So it's big, um, obviously, shout out to Sam from Assault Fitness UK. Um, obviously, he's doing amazing stuff. Um, that's one of the big shout outs I'd like to give tonight. Secondly, someone I'm going to introduce um, that of a bit of a plan. It's basically like a featurette. So as we all know, we're going through quite a difficult time, especially small businesses. So what I want to do is I want to create like a half an hour podcast, um, kind of like a featurette um so really anybody who's a small business um you know and you know we are struggling um and together we should all join together so what i want to do is get small businesses on discuss their you know basically their products their services whatever they do i've got a couple of people lined up already um <clears throat> and basically i want to get on chat you know so they can showcase their products so that's what i'm looking at doing is like a new little podcast half an hour small businesses um come on and basically you know showcase their products so you know get as much airtime as possible because at this time we need to support everybody especially small businesses you know they're the ones that are really struggling through this you know and at the end of the day you know we should go and shop you know just if friends have got a product they're selling road books whatever go and support them Okay, so those are the two big shout outs. So, like I say, we've got um, Celine coming on tonight. Um, and I see Andy's just jumped on there as well. Um, massive thanks to Andy as well for the suggestions. If anyone's got any suggestions for podcast guests, podcast guests give us a shout, drop us a DM. You know, I'll do my best to try and get the people on. I've got, uh, you know, a few guests on. And obviously, it's time restrictive as well, uh, especially with a lot of people back at work. I do appreciate, obviously, that we're still in a kind of lockdown, but a lot of people are still working, busy with family. Um, but anyone's got any suggestions, more than welcome. More than welcome. So, like I said, the two big shout outs tonight. Firstly, is to obviously Sam from Assault Fitness UK doing his 4448 challenge. You know, good bloke, you know. Absolutely lovely guy, you know, he's doing this to raise money for um, kids in Africa. So go and give Sam a uh, follow as well. Um, I've been posting it on my stories. I'll be doing another one after this one as well. And the other one as well is a little half an hour podcast for business, especially small businesses. So try and promote their products, get them out there, showcase what they can do um, and really try and build them up as well. Um, the more people get to see the small businesses, the more they connect, the more they build a business and more businesses can grow. So that's essentially it. All good, Eddie. Yourself, mate? Um, so like I said, just waiting for Celine to come on. Um, and obviously just uh, wait for the connect up there. So as soon as Celine comes on, um, throw the request button across there. Um, and then we'll get straight into the podcast as always. So like I said, trying to do a lot more at the moment. And it is quite difficult at the moment, uh, especially time restrictive as well and the amount of guests. So I've seen Celine's just jumped on there for the request there and we'll get straight into it. Just waiting for the load up as always. And I hope we haven't got the problems we did last time. Good evening. Evening, how are you? Good, good. Did you get all sorted? Yeah, finally. I'm not the greatest with technology, I'm not going to lie. Don't worry about it. Do you know what it is? I'm like a massive panic attack before I ever come on here. So most people think I do it cool and calm. It's <laughs> taken a lot, a lot of practice to get this much. Um, so yeah, thanks for coming on tonight. And obviously it was Andy who made that suggestion. So big shout out to Andy there. Um, now, 
always like to start the podcast straight away with who is Celine Zara? Um, well, uh, it's a tough one, isn't it? Um, I guess on a personal front and on a business front, maybe a bit different. Um, I, I guess it's changed a lot over kind of the past few years, mainly. Um, I've always been a massive creative. Uh, I acted for a long time. I, it's, it's always been the arts through and through. Um, I didn't do kind of the conventional route and go to uni straight away. I spent a couple of years just kind of trying to get my foot in the door, set up a business when I was a lot younger, learned a lot, um, kind of got scorned a lot. And I think that taught me a lot about kind of my natural personality. I'm, I'm quite a trusting person. And I think sometimes you can really get burnt by being a bit too trusting, especially in this industry. Um, it's it's not the easiest industry and, and people be quite they say what they think you want to hear or they'll yeah. say benefit them and sometimes you can end up putting yourselves in a really difficult position. I ended up having a lot of money stolen from me when I was younger, um, because the person that I'd got well, I was trying to make an ethical brand all made in the UK and the person that owned the company that I used to help me do that turned out to be a fraudster who'd already been done for millions of pounds of fraud um and and as i've gone through kind of my life i've learned a lot of different things that have kind of brought me to where i am today and i think i'm i'm very you you get what you see Um, and i'm very honest with my everything the way i design why i design um i'm maybe not your natural designer in terms of fashion in the maybe a bit controversial to say it but I don't really follow fashion personally um I'm not really in on trends um if I like something then then it's because I like it it's not because someone says I should be wearing it this season and and it's it's something I'm really passionate about I think especially nowadays with social media being so big in people's lives I think we're at a really weird kind of societal point um in self-expression um and that's kind of why I really wanted to go into fashion because I think there's a lot there's a lot of companies out there that push cheap and push fast fashion and throwaway fashion and it's not good for anyone apart from the company that are making the money it isn't good for anyone it's not good for the people buying it it's not good for the people making it it's not good for the environment um and it's it's really that that's kind of spurred me on to take a big jump and finally put all my eggs into one basket and take that leap into setting up my own company um and having the confidence i think i lacked confidence in in my own design style for a lot of time um and it wasn't really until i graduated that I kind of gained a little bit of confidence in what I actually produce um, and in what I design. So, yeah, that's that's a mini a mini me. <laughs> mini you, but um, but I must admit, you touched on some really good points there. And I think the first part is that experience. We've all yeah. got to hit those walls. We've all got to hit the be burnt at some point. We'll get good points and we'll get bad points. And like you said, as well as people as well, we'll come across good people, bad people. And I think it's that very reflective, no matter where you walk that path in life, you'll always come across those experiences that you think, actually, I learned from that. I'll yeah. take that 
apply that and it's very much at learn apply and it's almost like that that kind of art of like learn apply master so you've got to keep practicing this it's that continuation now like you said with your designs and i must admit with even the website the way you put things across is very professional it is at that professional level you know and and i know obviously you've had some high-end clients as well and you know you've you've kind of worked it and one thing I really liked as well is that part is that uniqueness, that originality that you won't just go down the same route. And then again, if you look at a lot of the, the big, like obviously fashion designers in the world, uh, Alexander McQueen, you know, you, you, and there's many, many more and you see it in music, you see it in, you know, and I think what it is, you've got to have that creative part in you, but you've got to always got, to, I kind of say when you create a brand, you're signing your own signature. Yeah. That is your, that is your signature straight away. And I think you've got to put a stamp on that. And that's the way that you kind of define yourself as a business person. And I think what it is, is, and that's like what I said on one of the things I really wanted to get done on a new podcast was the more, the small businesses mm -hmm. to reflect on them. Cause I think obviously we've been hit, hit so hard, especially the last year. And I think what it is, is we've got to support small. If we don't support small, then you've got to think all these big companies, you've got your, especially now you can go on Amazon, you can go on that. And, and, and I must admit, I've shopped on Amazon and I, and to be honest, I've regretted it on some parts. I've literally yeah. went in and ordered a coat for my wife, expecting something that came from China and my nine-year-old daughter could wear it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So much. Exactly. And, and I think that's what it is, isn't it? You know, when you, you've got to look at this in, quality there's always that quality and like you said some people just push it out there's no passion there and with yourself you're that 100 percent driven passion and you do what you feel it's almost like you just throw yourself out in the wind and think right i'll try this or try that will this work or that work but you've got you kind of of what i see you've defined that style like very much on that own path yeah i kind of fell into that um while i was at university uh, i did a year in industry and as part of my year in industry i worked for suppliers for the year and it was while I was there that it it dawned on me that supply wasn't for me. And working yeah. in those big fast fashion companies wasn't for me on, on all fronts, on a creative front. It's just kind of copy copy what someone else is doing yeah. and the high street. And, and as a creative person, you don't get, it, well, per, I don't think you get any fulfillment in that kind of situation. And you can go to the high street and get that if you want and i don't think there's any point just replicating something that someone else is doing especially when they're doing it at a quarter of the price exactly think, especially if you're wanting to kind of stand out a little bit which which i hope i do i don't think my design style is typical um it's got a bit of an an industrial feel a bit of a kind of gothic feel to it yeah yeah definitely and I think that's from a personal level because I'm not a very, I'm not a girly girl. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes I think people might struggle to put the two and two together. People that know me, um, are very much, I'm in my, my gym gear most of the time, um, primarily because I'm working most of the time. Um, I'm not, I don't get dolled up to the nines. I don't wear a face full of makeup. And sometimes I think in, when you work in fashion, people expect you to have a certain appearance. Yeah don't really fit into that bracket and then when I produce kind of the products that I produce they are they are the higher end they are the more luxury products with a real attention to detail and because that's not me on a personal front I think sometimes people can find it quite jarring that 
I would produce something like that. Um, yeah. And I think it's it's a really awful stigma to have um, against against people just to judge them on the way that they they dress. Because I would still use my products, um, but I dress them in the way that it would suit me. Or you can dress them to go out if you do do the whole face full of makeup, heels on, and off you go. Um, and I think it's. I know that when I make a product, I buy from all small businesses. I do. So one of my products in turn supports probably about 10 small businesses in the UK. Whereas you can go to Michael Kors, spend 10 times more on a bag that is just a basic bag and you're just paying for the name. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's it. And I think we, we as a society have become so brand obsessed. Um, I'm not, I'm not in this to be a massive global superpower name. It's not, it's not who I am. It's not what I care about. Um, I'm in it because I love doing what I do. Um, and I think that the whole obsession with owning certain brands and being seen with certain brands because it's whoever this celebrity has been seen with on their Instagram on the last photo um, and you'll go and spend a thousand pounds on it and it's probably not the best quality and it's probably not been made in the most ethical way. I'm not saying that's all brands, and all no, big, no. Um, but there are a lot out there. Um, and I think we as consumers, we've got the power to change the way that we shop. And it only takes, um, <laughs> takes a lot of people to do it. Um, and I'm not sitting here saying we should shut big companies down because of the amount of livelihoods that are involved in those companies. But I think lockdown's kind of shown a lot of people just how many small companies there are out there that do do things locally, that give you the option to maybe shop more locally than you might have thought you would do prior. Um, and you don't always have to go to massive businesses and you can keep kind of the wealth within your local area. Um, I know personally I've become more, even more conscious of it over the past few months uh, because, like you say, it is the small businesses that have been hit really hard um, just to keep open. I think people think that there's, as soon as you own a business, you're making loads of money and yeah. I, it's it's really it's so important that people realize that that's not the reality i i don't say okay my bags and things might be expensive but they take a lot of time um exactly. i was having this conversation with um with my sister the other day and i was like realistically when people look at the price of the product because they're so used to paying nothing 75 pounds to some people might look expensive for a bag but then when you actually look at the cost of the labor and the materials that have gone into it, I don't, I don't make a profit on no. anything I make. I just pay a wage. Um, and I think it's because we're so used to getting things for so cheap, um, people automatically, if something's slightly more expensive, they look for a justification instantly or they'll he they'll hesitate more than they would do if it was a designer bag that they knew the the label of they wouldn't even think twice about it being priced up at 75 pounds but because it's a handmade bag yeah. from 
a small business when really there's no uh, there's no there's no difference in in the actual product people won't want to spend it and i i guess part of it's maybe because they think oh a big brand then it comes with a the recognition that it's a big brand and yeah. it's probably going to last me a long time because it's it does have that background they've, they've worked to have kind of that that recognition in society and i do get it on that front but everyone starts somewhere Absolutely. and as long as you keep shopping only in big companies I, how can anyone else get there is kind of one of one of the things that i i think and the one thing i'd say to people this this christmas especially just even if it's one or two products and you want to do your rest of your shopping on amazon for ease just have a look have a look and see what's out there see if there's something a bit different you're going to get something that's probably a little bit more special um, if it's been made locally because, I mean, I know I think about what I design and I put a lot of attention and care and detail into every single product that I make and I'm, I'm a perfectionist, maybe to my own detriment, but I am. I'm a perfectionist and I won't send it out unless it's perfect in my eyes and that's not something you get with big companies. It's just not. Um, yeah, because it's all mass produced, isn't it? Because you don't get you don't get that personal touch. Because I've got friends uh, who do like veteran brands, or I've got friends like my uh, friend Emma who does cross paths, and you know, and and I'll be honest, it's like quality products. And plus, because why would you not support your friends? Yeah. At the end of the day, the way I look at it is, obviously, I'll support people who. They're the real, the genuine. I don't know these big brands. I don't know these the people who owns O'Neill and you know the big, like say, outdoor companies. I don't know these people, but I yeah. do know people like Emma from Cross Pass, quality products. I know Stu from Lakota Outdoors. Yourself, you yeah. know, and you're even you're showing off those earrings I can see there. But you know, it's it's these I, little I things. At the studio, I just forgot. <laughs> <laughs> but that that's what it is. If you can't support your friends, and I know there's a lot of people on there, and you've obviously guys as well becoming the one percent. You know, there's so many people who do books. Ben Williams jumped on as well for his book. You know, I, I think to be honest, if you can't support your friends, who can you support? Well, that's it. And and upsettingly, I think even in friendship groups, the the automatic thing is to go to the big companies, and it's yeah. just because programmed into us it's not sometimes it's not a malicious thing it's yeah. just programmed into us De i mean with tv ads and on your facebook and things will crop up because a massive company can pay a huge amount for marketing that i, I mean i simply just, I just can't afford it yeah and it's as a small business it's it's balancing up where you can afford to maybe put that extra couple of quid into a bit of marketing to try and hope that maybe someone down in London will see it and like it and you'll get an order there rather than these big companies who have thousands and thousands to throw at marketing. We just don't have that. And no. so kind of rely on, on your network of friends and the people you know, even if it's not to buy from you, but to help you just spread the word a little bit and, and maybe just tell someone that they know at work if they've gone, oh, I'm looking for something for my friend for Christmas. Ask, just think and maybe just drop your friend's company in and, and give them a bit of a recommendation because it really does all make such a difference. 
but to me every single order matters it really does um and like you say we all know people that have their own companies so it just makes sense to to buy from people you can trust as Absolutely. well um and like you say why wouldn't why wouldn't you support one of your, your friends or at least someone that's come to you through a recommendation rather than a mass-produced warehouse in china where you don't know kind of the ethical standards of production or where they're getting the fabrics from or how they're treating their staff and it's and some of the things that happen in those countries they're not pretty um and we're very blind to it because we just get a parcel through the door um forget working in factories where they've no shoes and there's glass on the floor and they don't get toilet breaks or and i think it's very easy to sit comfortably on your sofa and get your amazon parcel through through the letterbox and not think twice about what sits behind that um just because you've managed to get it cheap and don't get me wrong as as someone that runs a business i i can't afford always to go for maybe some of the more expensive things but i'll always try where i can to shop uk made um for even if it's just for like my packaging um maybe it's not the highest quality but i'd rather shop a uk made product than something that's been shipped in um and and i think like i said we've all got we've all got a duty to to support each other um because if a big company goes are you directly affected no if one of your friends kind of loses the job does it affect you yeah of course it does as if you're a normal friend then of course it's going to affect you it's going to affect your group dynamic it's you don't want to feel that that kind of regret for not having supported them or or just recommending them or just being a bit more there for them because it is it's a it's lonely setting up your own company is is lonely and it's hard and yeah, you're the absolutely. only person that puts the graft in you're the only person that's at the studio all day every day you're the person doing the social media you're the person doing all of the marketing and know the feeling um and it's a it's a lot of work and when you're doing it all on your own all day every day seven days a week um all of the support means something it can be the smallest thing but it means the world and it's such a cliche thing to say but it really does mean the world when people support you um yeah (laughs) yeah definitely not agree with you because there's like i've said it yourself and i know something that's been part of that a lot of times i know tony gibson a friend of mine as well he does a lot for the veteran brands and he puts out all these stories every day a veteran brand or go and support these and that cost him nothing yeah. it costs you absolutely nothing like it doesn't cost us any money to join instagram it doesn't cost us anything to like share your friends posts if they've got a new product got a new book out if they've got anything out go and share it you know at the end of the day it's like that's what stories there for just go and promote yeah. your friends repost whatever get the message out there because at the end of the day if we don't support each other then who will that's, that's as simple as that's as simple as that. I, that's the only way I can define it. Because to me, I will spend most of my time, you know, supporting even like I've done me a creative writing business, and I was like, right, I'll just start supporting other people, put it yeah. out there. Because at the end of the day, I'll give people recognition if it's a quality product, and that's the way I look at it. Because we all want something that's quality. Because it's very true. You could go and go to like say 
Primark. We all know Primark doesn't make the, the clothes in the UK. It's all foreign because it's the cost. It's cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly what these big brands do. All we are is we're kind of being sucker punched with this big logo. And that's all we see. But we don't see the behind. But those people like yourself, you know, and all other people, those small businesses that are continuously like seven days a week. And I know exactly what it feels like. You've got to do all this social media. And that doesn't take that doesn't take five minutes. You no. might be like there an hour, two hours to do this. They said photo shoots, selecting the right shot, doing this, doing that. And that takes time. And we're not getting paid for that bit either. That's a bit people kind of forget. So in a way, it's a bit like, does it, you know, for that, that's two, that 30 seconds to share someone's post or share somebody on a, on a story, whatever, and mention them. That's actually cost them nothing. And it takes them so little time. But for yeah. a sales creator, it can take us an hour, two hours, three hours to just create that, even that flow and think, right, I've got to put this out tomorrow. I mean, I'm up at five and I'll think, right, I'm either going for a run or I'm like creating something for social media. And I think, right, I want to do this. I want to do that. Or I'm up till 10 o'clock at night and I think, right, I'm write this out. That Does that sound right? And I'll change that around. I mean, I literally wrote a full book like through lockdown, the original lockdown. And I was up at five o'clock every morning writing a chapter and I made myself a promise. And you know that, and that's just one aspect of it. I wrote that one chapter a day, and it took thirty days. Yeah. And then I put it out there. I had to then go all do the editing. I was doing this, 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 and you know, and every business has that process, and it's long hours. And I think, like I always said, if I got paid for what I do on social media, I'd be making three times the amount than what I make now. Really, at the end of the day, and I think it would be the same for yourself. You'd be sitting there thinking, okay, I'm on a sixty grand, you know, a year or whatever. You know what I mean? But you don't get paid and that's the downside of it isn't it of course it is and i think a lot of people forget that when i mean maybe not so much at the moment obviously with the self-employed going through what they are at the moment in terms of kind of financial help and government funding and and i know a lot of people have kind of fallen through the cracks and are really struggling with with the help that is out there um i hope it's hit home to to people that it's it's no walk in the park being self-employed no. It's not an easy life. People will be like, oh, yeah, well, it's cool because you work for yourself. It's it's graft. It's yeah. not easy. You're not rolling in money. Um, you're putting in a lot more hours, like you say, than you're getting paid for. Yeah. Uh, and But no one does it for the money. No yeah. one that's self-employed does it for the money. They do it because, especially in the creative industries, yeah, exactly. they do it because they love it. And it's the passion that keeps people doing what they do a lot of the time. It's not the financials. It's because they're passionate about what they create or or what they what effect they have in society or kind of the messages they're putting across. Um, and it takes so many... It's not always product. Like you say, map yourself on social media or novelists or artists and just trying to get... A change in society, I think, is yeah, exactly. what people try and strive for. Um, I know personally one of my one of my biggest bugbears, and I know it's ironic that I'm sitting here on social media saying it. One of my biggest bugbears is social media, yeah. and it has been through my whole time at university, the whole my my whole of my kind of professional career. Social media has the ability to do so much damage. And it really, it has the ability to do amazing things. But I think it's so important, especially with younger generations, that we're careful about 
the influence social media has. It's, it concerns me, especially kind of on a personal kind of image front and, and fashion front, the amount of influence that social media has on on the way people dress and on the way people think they should look and how they think they should hold themselves and carry themselves. This obsession with following bloggers and influencers and celebrities, I think in a, in a generation and in a society where we every day trying to say to people, we should be more diverse as a society and you need to be really confident in who you are as a person social media is sitting there on one front saying but you should dress like this and look like this and wear this and i just find it really jarring and i think it's it's a really important thing that kind of needs addressing sooner rather than later because i don't think people should be thinking that they should be dressing a certain way they should be dressing how they want to dress and what stylish and that's one of my biggest bugbears with fashion and the whole trend system I, that's why I don't follow it because yeah. why should someone else dictate to me what I should wear each and every season it's not it's purely a it's an economic thing it's a business thing it's something that the fashion industry has created to give the fashion industry a seasonal change so that they can seasonally create a new product and make a new set of money because they've got a new line out and and I think it's it's up to people. I think people need to kind of go, okay, do I need this product? Or and do I want it? Or am I just buying it because I've been told I should buy it? And yeah. I would never, people might say, well, you're, you want people to buy your product, so surely it's the same thing. I would never want someone to buy my product because I've said they should buy it or because someone I know has told them they should buy it. I want them to buy it because they want to buy it and because they'll use it and enjoy using it and it's something that they want to keep for a long time not something that they want to use for four weeks over christmas and then throw in the bin because that <laughs> then there's no point in me doing what i do exactly, exactly. what I, I i do because i want it to be essentially a piece of art that lasts for as long as you it can physically last for um and yeah, I, it's, there are a lot of things and I think it's a difficult time, especially for fashion and like I say, for the creative industries, it is a really odd, hard time um, coming up to Christmas as well. I do th I think because of everything that's happened, people are actively maybe looking for smaller businesses to support, which I think is great. Yeah. And there's a lot more that I've seen on Facebook and stuff and with little virtual Christmas markets, specifically for UK businesses. Um, and then I get the bugbear that it's people that have just shipped a load of stuff in from China yeah. and are selling it from down the road. And I think it makes it so hard for actual labourers and craftspeople. It, their skills that aren't, I don't think, appreciated anymore. Um, so used to having everything instantly that people don't want to wait two weeks for a bag to be made because they think they should get it tomorrow or they don't want to wait two weeks for a jacket to be constructed because they don't understand the work that goes into it or 
how how things are constructed and it's it's across so many sectors a woodwork like you wouldn't expect well we would nowadays go online you can get a table to you the next day you go to an actual carpenter it's gonna take a decent length of time for a beautiful table to be made i know which one i'd personally rather have yeah um, definitely because I, I know that that's a really good one that because obviously we've got two guys on there but veteran trees dan he makes them from scratch like amazing. literally the guy is a wood wizard he can create some amazing uh, pieces in impertinence knives as well you know just basically look at these crafts people we're all crafts people that's the way i look at it. we're all creating something whether it be through words whether through wood metal you know cloth everything we are creators and that's what it is when you take something you don't like you're saying you can go so and get something cheap that's been just shipped in you know just shipped in from china and we know it. it's just going to be cheap crap you know at the end of the day we, that could have been great back in del boy's time you know, Del Boy down the market, because I still remember the market days and people trying to sell off something <laughs> from China. That might have been great 30 years ago, but I think what it is, is we've got that uniqueness. And it's very true. With social media, and I've said it myself, it's like a two-way. It's like yeah. a gun, really. When you look at a gun, it can be used to protect somebody, but it can be used to kill someone. Yeah. You know, but it all depends on who's actually using that weapon. Yeah. It's just a piece of metal at the end of the day, but it can be used for the good or it can be used for the bad. And that's like everything. And I also think a touch on, on that one for celebrities. As soon as a celebrity puts their name to that product, that they're going to get a freebie, yes. But on the other side of it, it's just they're going to put their name on it. But it's not your brand that you've put those hours into it. And that's personally yeah. your signature. Because that is, like I said, when you own a business, you effectively, that is your signature. You're signing your own, your own basically name there. And like, you know, there's so many brands out there that put that time, the effort, the artwork. And obviously Smudge from Redcoat Apparel as well jumped on there. And you look at that piece of artwork he's created to go under the T-shirt, to go on the product. And like yourself, those earrings. How, and I look at it and I see, when I see the photos and I think, they're, they're really top quality there because you can see the, the time and the effort has really gone to every part of that because you've kind of had to think, right, I want an earring, but I want something different. But it also flex me, but also somebody to pick it up and look at it and think, that's, that's really nice, that. You know, and it's, but how long did it take from thought process to paper or design to the actual final product? And it's, and that's a bit people forget. Like I said, we can quite easily go and do a Del Boy and go and flog them down the market or on eBay or, you know, all these other sites or, you know, Etsy as well. Etsy's a big one. So we can all go and, you know, flog all this rubbish that's being bought from China just to make a few quick buck. But the real artists are the ones we've got to support. And you know what I mean? And it's and it's everybody out there. But the good part about it is we now become more individual. Yes. As a, yeah. you know, as a society, because we've got we're individual writers, artists, designers, wood people, you know, every part of it, we're individualizing it rather than being mass. And I yeah. think that's a really good part of it as well. And I think because nowadays I think it's even easier to see the distinction between something that's been made by kind of an individual artist, yeah. like you say and something that has been mass produced because the actual detail in them tends to be worlds apart. Uh, If you're buying something that's been bespoke made, if you actually look at it, it's probably the the attention to detail in the way it's designed and it's not had corners cut because they're trying to save money in manufacturing. Those corners will just be 
um, you just do it because you know it's going to make the product look better okay it might take you an extra hour but you still just do it because you know it's going to make it look better because you do it from an artist's point of view you don't do it from a financial point of view and i think that's the thing that you lose in mass production um and when you do buy individual products from individual craftsmen you can see the difference you can see the quality and see the love and and the the passion and and the creativity um and it's it is a skill not if everyone did it they don't um yeah. there's only certain people that that have for one the guts to go yeah you know what i'm gonna do it and and if it doesn't work out it doesn't you've got to be strong <laughs> yeah. you've got thoughts to, to go and do it because you know from the offset it's not going to be easy and anyone that is a creative and runs their own business has made that decision to go it's going to be a graft and it's going to be a slog but i believe in it so i'm going to go and do it and hope and i can't imagine that any of these any of the businesses that you you know and that are watching now no one's sat there because they've gone, I want to be the next global brand recognised for X, Y, Z. You, yeah. as, as a craftsman, you can't do it because then yeah. you have to start outsourcing it and you have to start sending it to big factories because you can't take it capacity-wise. Um, you think that loses that touch? Do you think if, if, you, if you start off small and you weren't on that product and then you became larger and larger and fine, you can, you, you're thinking, right, more money's coming in, but you lose that quality edge. You lose that, that, that almost uniqueness to the product, isn't it? Once you start getting bigger and it starts going into, like say, the mass production part of it, it may be okay on certain elements of your business where you think, right, I need to mass produce that on that part if it's, say, 50 orders. But it's something that's quite straightforward. You know, that can be done, but it's still the quality's there. If you can mm. guarantee it, great. But once you start going bigger and bigger, and like I said, start outsourcing it, do you think it loses that touch, that, that uniqueness? Yeah, I think it does. I think it's a, it's a fine line, and it's a really hard balance for a lot of small businesses, I think, because at the end of the day, anyone that's got their own business, they want to be able to make a living at it. Yeah. And that's, that's the dream. I'm not saying a massive living, but they want to pay, they want to be able to pay the bills and live comfortably i think that's the dream for a lot of people that own their own business and i know i personally with the amount of hours that each product takes me um in terms of, of capacity i couldn't take a huge capacity um and if it came to kind of looking at using a manufacturer you do have to weigh up because obviously time costs money and it, yeah. it's the same in factories when you're doing it for yourself you you like you say you can put the hours in for free and you choose how many hours you put into a product when you're outsourcing it it then becomes x y and z um personally I, it is something i've thought about because i'd love to get to a point where maybe i can't take them i'd, I'd still always like to make product i always yeah. would um, because I that's what I love doing I would hate to be the kind of person that started a company and now sits behind a computer because it would absolutely kill me I'm, I'm a hands-on person I yeah. love making what I make uh, personally I'd rather carry on making it all myself and whether that would be a supply and demand situation in that either you take a waiting list and do it that way and you go okay yeah but it goes and you won't get it for a month um, and do it capacity that way. 
Or, I mean, I personally, if I was going to use a different a, a factory, I'd want it, I'd still want to use a local factory. Um, yeah, exactly. I, I know locally to me it is something I've looked into, um, and and I do. Fortunately, one of my local factories is is a a, a luxury leather manufacturers, um, and they specialise in making leather goods. So it is, and again, at least I'd be using. A local business i wouldn't exactly. be saying the one thing i would hate in fact no i just wouldn't do it i would yeah. never get my stuff manufactured abroad ever um and i think it's sometimes it's hard for small businesses that have a really strong moral opinion on that because it is more expensive to manufacture in the uk it is a lot more expensive um and unless your customers are willing to pay the prices Again, you end up going, okay, well, I'll just keep making it myself. There's no, And I'd rather go for a waiting list situation um, than, than outsource. I'd, I'd, I'd rather do anything than outsource to, to a foreign factory where I don't know what's going on. Um, and I can't guarantee they've not got the same kind of government uh, rules in place in terms yeah. of health safety i it, it, i just couldn't do it i couldn't send my stuff abroad and then not see it and it just goes straight to a customer i think that's i am a control freak in one respect but you're like, right though you you're right what you're saying you've got to have that element of control yeah. over especially quality because if you know like you say yourself you know if you've got a like a, a british factory there that's going to and you can have that 100 percent input to make sure that quality is at the highest level it can be once that leaves say the UK, you automatically lose control because it goes into somebody else's hands and you don't know. And, you know, you could be thinking, oh, great, they're, they're producing 50 bags in X. They could produce in 100 and pop it out of the back door to sell down the market, you know, and yeah. make themselves a quick buck. You've got no control over that whatsoever. And I think that's what it is. You've got to have an element of control over your product because at the end of the day, that's like you get the rip-off market. You know, you get the, the whole scammers. You get so much, and we see it in the fake trade as well. And I think something, and especially like places like eBay, you know, even Amazon have, they do have some kind of control on it. But yeah. there is that, there isn't that. If you, everything is your, your own. And you know that if you work alongside local producers, you know there's that quality that's going to be instilled in it. Plus also, it's not that, not as much that when you, kind of go into that factory environment you you've kind of do it as a moral yeah so you're always thinking about other people as well those workers are they getting paid to the right rate health and safety are they working in a safe factory because i think that's what it is when we look at brands and big brands around the world yes they are in every shop and like you said it's so easy to walk into a shop even the big designer shops you can walk in there and go oh that's amazing that but it wasn't made by the person who originally designed it yeah. You know, that could have been done 8,000 miles away in a factory, you know, where basically someone's literally lost a leg to, you know, to make it, but they're still going to carry on working to feed a family. Yeah. And I think that's what it is. It's that moral compass we've got to follow. And I think that's, I think that's the, 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 the best part of it, because when we know what's right and we know that's being produced right, we know on that moral level that no, like nobody's being taken advantage of it. You know, and it's that part that you know yourself and you, you can hold your head up in pride, really, can't you? Exactly, exactly. I think I'm definitely a more conscious shopper now than I, I used to be. When I was younger, yeah. 
didn't really think about it, yeah. but it wasn't really something that I was ever made to think about. Um, it was never something that I had to think. It, like I said, we, when I was younger, we didn't have social media. Yeah, I wasn't exactly. on the telephone. Um, and I think now, and that is one way social media can be amazing. Um, it's so much easier to get opinions out there nowadays and yeah. to try and have an impact in a positive way globally the there's and it's not just a, a, an ethical thing it's it's an environmental thing as well exactly we can buy from someone in the uk that it's only gone from my house to manchester it's yeah. not a massive it's not come over on a plane it's not yeah. um and it does make a big environmental difference and i think it's just it's our duty as shoppers to change our shopping habits and i think that's what it is it's habits that people don't like to get out of um so used to going to certain companies and you might just type www dot in the top of your search bar and if ebay comes up at the top then yeah. you'll go on ebay and go and have a look and see what ebay's got for black bags or <laughs> yeah. um and I think the thing to remember is small companies, we, we don't pay Google millions of pounds to be at the top of the search engines either. So. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> once again. Exactly, back to like the, the word of mouth thing. And like you said, sharing a, a friend's product on your social media automatically helps them to hit a whole different demogra demographic of people that they personally on their own social media couldn't do. And that's so helpful. Even if five people do it, you can, it, that can be 5,000 people that have seen your product that wouldn't have seen it before. Exactly. And whether they, whether they like it or not, it's still 5,000 people that have seen it. Um, and that, that's so helpful to small companies, even if it's just that they, they've seen your name and they, they can remember it for a later date, maybe randomly comes up in the future that someone that they're going out with really likes leather leather bags and they might just remember, oh, that, that Celine Zara design, they, they did different bags, they were quite cool, I'll go and have a look. Um, and it does make such a difference. And, and on the ethical front, it, I think it's, and people will always balance it with price. Yeah. They always will. And unfortunately, like I say, I think we've become so used to having everything cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. And now, as as a society, I think people, there's quite a movement to, to shop quality over quantity. Yeah. Um, and I think it is, it is such an important move that everyone should try and make. Because um, we've all got loads of clothes sitting in the cupboard that we don't use and what's the point just redoing that every year <laughs> exactly i exactly. can't i bought a, i bought an item of clothing um because i just there's not been anything i like i'll either make it for myself or i just won't buy it because i don't see the point in putting money hard-earned money in someone's yeah. pocket for the sake of it, because because I should. Um, I'm like that myself, though. I must admit, in the last couple of years, I've kind of like, but like years ago, I'd buy tons and tons of band T-shirts, and you know, you know for a fact, yeah, you bought them from like H&V or wherever you got it from, and it was just literally like 
you it wasn't the band that done that t-shirt or made that t-shirt but it's you know and they might get 10 pence out of that you know that 15 pound or whatever you paid for it but now i'm very much right i will only buy that t-shirt or that t-shirt or if it's one of the friends i'll mm -hmm. buy that and yeah. you know or like that product or that book or that and i'm very like cut it down yes we'll still use amazon for majority of things things that they think oh well i have to you know especially in this day and age it's so much faster and quicker to get it you know and so, it's so much easier in that way but when it comes to certain products i've really cut down on and i think right i'll only buy certain t-shirts or tops or you know this or i'll only buy this or i'll only buy that and i think the only thing that i've literally bought this year that is of anything more is pair of dc trainers and that's it yeah you know that one thing out of the whole year but yeah. I think that's what it is. And it's the same as myself. I could go and write, and I know for a fact this, because I could go and write six books a year. Mm -hmm. But, and then put it on, like, obviously, write them six books, put it on Amazon, get it out there, even just do it through Kindle, because it's such an easier way of doing it. And I could sit back and people go and buy that book. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, a hundred people have bought that book. And I'm sitting there, and I'm just pushing this stuff out. And people are thinking, oh, well, I liked your last one or whatever. I'll buy this one. And I could just be doing it, put it out, put it out. It's how easy it is to do. But I don't. And yeah. I could, but I don't. And it is purely ethical. Because I'd rather every post I put 100% into doing that post. Yeah. You know, same as every book. And the last one, it was quite funny because a couple of days ago, sit there and I was just rereading some of the old stuff I've done. And I actually go flicking through one, I mean, obviously, last book I'd done, Ronan. And it wasn't a great seller, but I did it because it was kind of like my stamp on something, mm -hmm. my thought on it. And if people like read it, bought it, enjoyed it, whatever format, great. If You know, it got that positive. But I don't like it to myself. I don't do it for the money because I know for a fact that I've given half my profits away to charity. I yeah. just give it, I wrote right there because there's other people. It's only, only with buying, obviously writing Ronan was different. Every book before Ronan, all that money went to charity. I just gave it away. Same as t-shirts. I've done t-shirts, but I've said, design this t-shirt and that, give the money away to charity. Because to me, that's nothing. I'd rather see other people, you know, be helped. And even if in my own words, if that helps somebody else, great. But like, what it is, is I know I will never, ever stoop to thinking I'll just take somebody's money. Yeah, well, exactly. You know, it's so, it's unfair to like the way I look at it is, and you're basically ripping someone off. And how can you kind of like, eight, like kind of cool down at the end of the day and then suddenly think, but at least if you do it ethically and you know it's something right and it's all done right and you're doing it all for the right reasons, you know you can sit back, relax, and think, yeah, it was worth it. Yeah, exactly. And I think you you have to be able to live with yourself. Yeah. Uh, and and when you you're the person producing products you have to be able to like you say sit down at home and, and know that everything's been done to a certain standard ethically and yeah. and in terms of its quality um and if uh, i personally if it didn't meet that i couldn't send a product out yeah. uh, it just wouldn't be me and i'd shut my company down and that'd be it um yeah. when you start when you start losing passion and care and and ethics and morals it's it's a really slippery slope when you start selling out if for want of a better phrase um like you say i could i could not put the whole top detail on that bag sold a little leather bag for a quarter of the price that i'm i'm doing these but what's the point anyone can anyone can do that yeah. and do you think it's ego
do you think it's ego that pushes a lot of like people they t they start getting that interest they start getting the money coming through and then it's that ego isn't it it's an ego starts driving them where they start seeing that path where they think actually that's an easier path i think it's the easier yeah don't necessarily know if it's if it's ego per se but i don't i think it's well you and i both know it's the hours that go into yeah. the deep and i think they go you know what if i can get the same amount of money and do a fifth of the work some people might yeah. say it's not working um but personally i just I, that's I'm, I'm a designer yeah so i i have to i have to make something that's been designed that's not just a little square that's sewn together Otherwise, there's no point for me. Absolutely no point because that's not who I am. It's not what I do. Um, and like you say, I, I couldn't take money from people for something that's a, a little bit crap. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's almost, that's what it is. You've got to have the, it's almost like that, the moral com compass of a Del Boy almost. You know, he's a good guy, but literally, at the end of the day, he is like he's making his money off selling rubbish down the market, you know. <laughs> Hundred percent, and I think it's like I say, my my products might be slightly more on the premium end. Yeah. But I mean, then maybe people might say, "Well, I'm their mind, so of course I'm going to say they're they're well made and they are yeah. a quality product." But they are different, and and you you won't find them on the high street. Yeah. You just won't, and and it's that's not an ego thing. That's a the high that's a fact. Yeah, the high street won't pay yeah. for the amount of detail that's in them unless you're paying thousands of pounds for a bag. And what frustrates me is if what I was making was coming out of Michael Kors, yeah. they'd be charging £400, £500 yeah. easy and people would buy it Yeah, because it's not, because it's a small business um, that's not a name. Seventy-five pounds is is expensive, and it kind of just makes you, I think, take stock in where we're happy to put our money, yeah, and definitely. and I think it's if if anyone takes nothing else from this, it just for me it just be just think about what what you're buying before you buy it, and where that money is going, um, and and if you if you need you need that product or if you're just buying something for the sake of it even if you're buying a gift are you just buying it for the sake of it or is that something that that person's going to appreciate and going to use or is it going to get thrown to the back of back of a cupboard and never looked at again i'd rather buy a present that i know someone's going to appreciate and someone's going to use and i think a lot of the time people prefer to receive something from a small company i know i would yeah. i'd absolutely prefer to get a, a, an ornament that's been made by a local artist um, than something that someone's gone into boots and got off the little Christmas shelf. Yep. It's just because there's effort gone into that purchase and there's there's love gone into it on all ends. And I think we turned we turned to like the big online companies, especially at the moment, because it's easy. Yeah. And I just don't be lazy when you shop there's there's you're spending your money like you're spending money you've worked for don't be lazy because yeah. you wouldn't go to a rubbish restaurant just because it's next door 
you'd probably go a little bit further if you're spending the money for tea you'd probably go a little bit further somewhere that you're at least going to get good quality food because you've worked for the money you're about to spend so why is it any different when you shop online exactly. i don't think it should be i think it should everyone should just have the same thought process with any time they're spending the money and i yeah. think it change a yeah. lot people's shopping habits Exactly. And I think, like, especially ones like Instagram is really good because you've got, like, the shopping tool. It is, to me, social media is a tool. It's how yeah. you use it. And to me, it's like you've got all these different applications on there. So you can go to a shop. You can create an account with an actual shop on now. So, yes. And it has probably been for a while now. But you can go on that person's account and think, right, I'm going to look at this product or that product and go directly to a shop. Everything's yep. there. So if you follow them on social media, we'll also have those hyperlinks and in bios, you know, to take us to the right websites. And I think that's just a genuine, where an external where people, you know, if they're not quite sure, if they've done a Google search or something, it'll show up. Yep. But like, yep. the way I look at it is, if you use social media and you follow your friends, why not, even if it is, literally go on the shop and think, actually, I like that item, save it. Save it to that. And it will save it to a separate part to the normal posts because I've done it on a few and I thought, right, I'll do that. And when I get the money, I might be able to, you know, get at least like 10 of them or, you know, this or that or that product. And my shopping, like, it's almost like a shopping basket. It's literally full. And I've literally gone on it. I'll save that, save that. But what that actually does, and I know a lot of people don't actually realize that, but when you like a post, it changes the analytics. When it, you share it, it changes the analytics. When you put, when you save a post, or a product, it changes analytics. So what it does is it pushes you ahead of the game almost. So every time someone saves something, shares something, likes something, comments something, and it is, yeah, hashtags are used for wider audience, but every time you're doing that, you're liking, sharing, commenting, you know, even saving a post, that will change analytics. So your friend who's selling that product will go ahead of somebody you don't actually know that's selling something else. So you're always kind of pushing your friends forward. And I think that's a really good way of doing it. If you stay on social media and just go from company to company, all your friends' companies, you can literally determine their direction they're going in. And mm -hmm. it's always going to be forward. It's always going to be ahead of the game almost, you know, and it's going to be like rolling on. So I think that's the way I've generally started looking at it more and more over the time, getting those social media a bit more in depth. And it's like, that's the best way to keep pushing your friends forward. Think of it that way. Every time you use that, utilize that as a tool, you know, we don't, don't think much as a like, and it's not about likes or shares, but what it is, it's the impact it have on others. And that's the way I've always defined my work, especially. Yeah. yeah. And I totally agree. And I think small businesses do rely on, on support is the yeah. top and bottom. We do, we rely on the people closest to us, for emotional and and physical and 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 social support it's it's it, like i said it's not it's not easy and and without other people you can't you can't do it you can't do it on your own um and i think as soon as, as people realize that um it they like you say you can really help your friends get a lot further and if you appreciate the amount of hours that they're putting in like you said for for one minute of your time if you can help someone else maybe progress their their business why wouldn't you do it why wouldn't you absolutely because i know we're just coming down the last 30 seconds and that has just absolutely flown that that hour <laughs> but like 
friends. <laughs> <laughs> but massive thanks for coming on tonight, uh, Celine. <laughs> but like, um, really, I'll be putting everybody obviously on after the stories. Put you out there on the stories. Everyone can follow you. Go and see your products. Go and buy. Have a merry Christmas and, and at least have quality. But thanks a lot for your time tonight, there, Celine. Uh, massive. Uh, no problem. Okay, see, speak to you soon. You Bye. too. Bye.